From the Tulsa World, this is the OU Sports Extra Podcast, sponsored by Albert G's Barbecue. Here are your hosts, Eric Bailey and Mason Young. Oklahoma heads to Tulsa to play the Golden Hurricane, matchup between Brent Venables and Kevin Wilson, two coaches that were on Bob Stoop's staff in the early 2000s. They're familiar with each other, kind of had fun time talking to Brent Venables today at his news conference about some of the stories he asked if he could stay PG-13 with some of the stories. Oklahoma with a little bit to prove, especially on offense, uh, kind of struggled a little bit in a 28-11 win over SMU over the weekend. Uh, what do you expect out of the offense, Mason? Yeah, there were some really head-scratching moments against SMU. You know, they obviously went for it a couple times on fourth down, and I think they went at one for two in those scenarios or something of that nature. They were using Jackson Arnold to try and execute that, and good to get him opportunities, but at the same time, you want that to translate to points. Uh, they even on their go at their you know most significant drive of the game uh, in in the fourth quarter, ten plays, seventy five yards. They had a couple penalties that limited them. They had a false start and they had a illegal man upfield that you kind of shook your head and wondered, are they actually going to get a touchdown? And they did end up scoring and going ahead, and then uh, added another touchdown at the end and started to kind of pull away. The defense stepped up with a fourth down stop. Uh, but yeah, just not the greatest game for the offense. A lot of people were uh, kind of curious about Jeff Levy's play calling, especially some of the situations where he called runs on third down uh, and not exactly third and short or anything. Uh, so you just want to see this offense come out against Tulsa and have have a lot of confidence and play smooth and play clean like they did against Arkansas State. I mean, they were just so great against Arkansas State. When you think about the efficiency of Dylan Gabriel, the perfection of Jackson Arnold in the passing game rushing for around 250 yards against ASU. There was a lot to like from that game. And you also saw a lot of different receivers get involved and, and, and create positives. So you want to kind of reset what the baseline of this offense is going to be and what the week-to-week expectation should be for them as they play Tulsa, they finish out non-conference play, and they get ready to gear up for Big 12 play. Four touchdown drives for the Sooners on Saturday. And you know, you think about it, they had the pump block that set them up for a short 40-yard touchdown drive, and then SMU down 21 to 11, uh, tried for a fourth down conversion on their own 30, didn't make it, and of course Oklahoma had just a short 30-yard field to score their last touchdown drive, so Oklahoma benefited from short fields to score two of the four touchdown drives, so uh, if you're if you're Jeff Levy, if you're Brent Venables, you do want to see the Oklahoma offense be a little bit more consistent. I think we had a chance to talk to Coach Levy. Uh, he admitted again, like he did after the game, that perhaps the offense was a little bit more conservative than, than he wanted. Uh, I think you probably can't expect a little bit more deep shots, some more uh, throwing the ball downfield. Uh, you know, the, I think they're still looking for a, a running back to establish themselves. He loved. He, he mentioned again that in his Monday press conference that he'd like to see those running backs kind of make some more one-on-one moves, win some more one-on-one battles, make some guys miss. Uh, and uh, he two and twenty-seven. That's what he kept saying. He kept mentioning Gavin Salchak, mentioned um, Javante Barnes, 2-27. and 27. He wants to see a little bit more out of them, too. We know what Barnes can do. We know he can be a playmaker. We saw what Salchak could do uh, in the, the bowl game. He only had one carry against uh, uh, SMU, and it was the, the third and seven from midfield in the third quarter, only gained one yard. Love to see him get more touches. It sounds like he may get some more opportunities as he, he gets back to health. So, this offense, uh, just need to see them be a little bit more creative, maybe a little bit more aggressive. I, I'm kind of curious if that's what's going to happen against Tulsa. Yeah, it'll be interesting to monitor. In the meantime, even with Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk not exactly excelling or 
having the kind of start of the season as you'd expect, OU has to be really happy with what they've gotten out of Tawi Walker and Marcus Major. You think about Walker still being a walk-on, and yet he rushed for 117 yards on 21 carries in that game. There was a situation on one of those second-quarter drives that OU scored on where he pretty much completely sparked that offense down the field. He had a 30-yard run, and that was huge for them. And Major with the the touchdown in the fourth quarter, the second touchdown, a 20-plus-yard a reception to kind of essentially about ice the game, uh, that was huge as well. So got to be happy uh, with what they did with those guys. And uh, now it's just figuring out, again, who are the receivers. It, it, through two weeks, you know Andrew Anthony is going to be a guy. He's clearly looked like OU's wide receiver one. We saw Jalil Farouk get some action last week, but then there were some guys that that contributed in the first week that uh, didn't really see much action, didn't really get much out of Drake Stoops in his return from injury. Gavin Freeman, uh, Nick Anderson, Jaden Gibson, those guys didn't contribute as much against SMU. Jaquez Petaway uh, didn't even have a target against SMU, and coaches basically said, that was just because of experience. They wanted to lean on the experienced guys instead of the freshmen in that tighter scenario. But getting back to uh, opening up the playbook again and, and trying some different things and also getting back to getting more guys invo- involved to see what you have for Big 12 play, I think is going to be imperative against Tulsa. Jackson Arnold took five snaps, a lot of short yardage situations. Uh, again, miss, didn't pick up a fourth and one. Uh, we'll see them as they fine tune those calls later on. Uh, kind of curious to see how they can build out of that. Is he going to throw out of that that play? Um, Jeff Levy, of course, will have some different looks out of that. We'll see how that works out as well. Uh, so offensive, uh, we'll see some more as this offense goes on. Let's switch gears to the defense, which is playing exceptional right now. When you think about it, 11 points against an SMU team that you know, scored a lot last year and the first year under Rhett Lashley traditionally has been one of the best offenses in the country. 11 points is not bad at all. To give up 11 points in the first two games is pretty good. And Brent Vittles mentioned it, you know, they went seven quarters without giving up a touchdown to open the season. It hasn't been done in decades uh, for Oklahoma football. Something to really hang your hat on. And, and the one touchdown drive that SMU had, it was aided by three penalties three 15-yard penalties, including one by the coach himself for a sideline warning. Brent mentioned today during his news conference, first penalty he's ever gotten. So, uh, yeah, so it, it, it was aided by that. Um, so the defense, they're playing at a really, really high level right now. Right. You talked about the low allowance of points. I think it's 1999, Bob Stoops' first season. You have to go back that they were this good in terms of points allowed through two games. And I think a big piece of it is Danny Stutzman, right? Brent Venables and Ted Roof have both raved about him in the last couple of days. Uh, he he just has taken a huge step forward. He's a completely different player in year three at OU than he was in year two. He's more of a leader, and and it shows on the field. He made 17 tackles against SMU, which was uh, just one off tying his career high. And he was named the, the Big 12 and the National uh, Defensive Player of the Week, from what I recall. So he's been huge for them. And you're starting to see some other contributors come out of the, the woodwork. Key Lawrence obviously forced the fumble uh, against SMU. That that was a big turnover for, for OU. You know, he's starting to, to flash a little bit. It's his third year at OU as well. Second year in Brent Venable's system. And now that he's a senior and an upperclassman, you know, a lot is expected of him. So he's he's flashed and it looks like he's a very different player than he was the year before. So guys like that, guys that, we're already pretty good players for this defense, but they just continue to elevate their game um, is huge. And then, and then we're also seeing contributions from guys that 
we might not have expected. Um, I mean, Gingery Williams and, and Justin Harrington in the secondary, both of those guys have have taken big steps forward uh, this season, and and OU just needs that to continue. They need to continue to find more and more guys. Kanai Walker is another one that I think of. There's just a lot of guys that uh, you maybe didn't expect that are contributing now on defense and making some big plays. And how about Peyton Bowen, the job that he's done as, as a five-star recruit, coming in right away as a freshman, uh, blocking a punt, you know, making a big a big tackle to get a fourth down stop against SMU. He has forced them to play him early, and uh, I expect he'll continue to do that as the season progresses. He'll continue to earn more and more time. One thing that impressed me too was the discipline of the the, the uh, defense too, and this is something that I've asked um, Ted Roof about. Was you know SMU. Uh, their head coach, Rhett Lashley, he's a Gus Malzahn disciple. And I had a chance to watch Gus Malzahn run offenses at University of Tulsa when he was an offense coordinator. And uh, there's no shortage of trick plays. And they ran a couple of trick plays against Oklahoma. OU was disciplined in all three trick plays. They ran a true reverse, they ran a flea flicker, and they ran a fumble ruski. None of those plays produced any yardage against the Sooners defense because Oklahoma wasn't fooled. You call it film study, call it not getting fooled by what was going on in front of you. Danny Stutzman played those plays perfectly from his linebacker position. And, and that's a credit to, to coaching and, and staying disciplined. I was impressed with that because the defense, they, they didn't get fooled. They stayed true to their keys. Uh, I was really impressed with that. And that just that's just a year experience, a year, a year more into the Venable system. Uh, so that that's, you know, that's keeping your head in the game. And it's not only keeping your head in the game. It, this team is tackling well. You know, we look at the the, the, the PFF numbers uh, and we were going over this before we got on this podcast. And Oklahoma is number two in the country in, in missed tackles or, or lack of missed tackles. They're, they're, they're being sure tacklers this year. And for Oklahoma fans, those numbers were super high in years past. Uh, and what they have four missed tackles in this week, this week against SMU, and what they have three in week one. So they only have seven missed tackles in the first two weeks, which, you know, in years past, they those numbers were double digits easily in one game alone. So I think that that's something else that's been, you know, something that's been the focal point of this defense is making sure you are sure tacklers. And if those numbers can stay low, and it, you know, not only in against Tulsa, but in Big Twelve play good things are going to happen for this defense. And I think that's a good sign for Oklahoma fans who have needed this defense to play at a high level. And, 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 and again, this is just 13 games, 14 games into the Brent Venables era. So things are being, things are happening on this defense and it's a good sign. Right. And it's just got to continue. Ted Roof talked about yesterday. He feels like that this defense is still a work in progress, but things are already looking a lot better than they, they have within kind of the past five to seven years where OU was obviously because of who its head coach was a very offense oriented team. Now you're seeing uh, the desire to want to play more complimentary football to try to be balanced as possible and feeling like that's what gives Oklahoma the best chance to win a championship versus just blowing people out of the water and, and scoring as many points as possible. So kind of a change in ideology based on the coaching staff and so far one that's producing pretty positive results, at least this season, even if there were some question marks about how that would come together after six and seven last season. Something that Brent Venables did mention today during his news conference, we were taping this on Tuesday afternoon, uh, was the injury report. And uh, let's kind of go down the line. I know you asked about Dason McCullough and what was Brent, Brent's words were hopeful, correct? He yep. said he was hopeful that he'd be available. 
Uh, he did say that what Gavin Sawchuk would be available. Uh, Gentry Williams, who didn't play the second half, uh, was expected to play. In fact, Gentry was named a captain for this week. Uh, who else are we missing here uh, this week? Well, I think the Dayson McCullough thing is huge because Brent Venables talked about that Justin Harrington uh, might be a little bit banged up still after the SMU game. You know, he got hurt at some point during that game, kind of hobbled a little bit. He still played, and he obviously made the game-sealing interception in the fourth quarter, but he was wearing sort of this brace sleeve type thing on his left leg for most of the second half, and then he was iced up when he was talking to the media after the game. It, there was not really any clarity from Brent Venables about whether or not he's going to be available against Tulsa, but if he's not, getting Dayson McCullough back is huge because you can just slide him right back in at the cheetah position and play him more snaps, and you don't have to change your game plan too much. You you may still work some other guys in at the cheetah position situationally, whether that's a Reggie Pearson or Peyton Bowen or someone that's more of a defensive back as opposed to a linebacker. Uh, but but not having Justin Harrington would really hurt. Uh, and on the flip side, getting Dayson McCullough back uh, maybe kind of negates that a little bit. You feel a little bit better about your depth at that position and your ability to do what you want to do with that position if you get Dayson McCullough back for this game against Tulsa. You know, when we had our, our post-game pod, uh, we talked about it a little bit on Saturday night after the game, but and it, it made the news cycle. It's it's really tempering down a little bit, which is, you know, everyone wants to move forward. But uh, Jeff Levy came out with a statement about Art Bryles being on the field, his father-in-law uh, being on the field after the game. And uh, uh, after we did our post-game podcast, uh, uh, Joe Castiglione released a statement saying he was disappointed that he was on on the field and that the you know the parameters were broken and and uh, Jeff Levy came out with a statement on Monday saying that he he apologized for the distraction uh, it wouldn't happen again and I think everyone's ready for it to move on but it was news and uh, it's always news when Joe Castiglione the athletic director you know addressed it it became news then for sure it was news when it happened it, it was uh, it was punctuated when Castiglione released a statement. And, and brought to light even more when uh, Jeff Levy read his own statement on Monday. Uh, the, the, the news is kind of flickering out a little bit, uh, but that was the big news this week was Coach Levy, you know, repeating that. And we, it, Venables was not asked that during the news conference today. I think everyone's ready to move on, but there is a chance tomorrow at Board of Regents uh, down in Duncan that it may come up again. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, the clarity that everybody's still seeking on this and there's been some things reported about it but nothing uh super official is that there was some sort of stipulated boundary about art briles that was discussed between jeff levy and joe castiglione when jeff levy was hired as ou offensive coordinator and so getting clarity from joe castiglione about what was that boundary that was crossed uh, i think that will kind of be the imperative and, and probably what uh, the conversation would center on with Joe Castiglione at a Board of Regents meeting if that arose. Yeah, and, you know, anyone can guess. I, I mean, it, 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 it's unfair for us to really guess what those boundaries are. Uh, but, you know, and I don't know if Joe Castiglione will, will tell us exactly what those boundaries are. And it, it's really unfair for us to guess or not guess what, the, what they or to guess what they are. So uh, we'll see what Joe says tomorrow. Uh, moving forward to Tulsa, this is a game that should be winnable. The, the Golden Hurricane lost 43-10, to 10, a, a top-10 Washington team over the weekend. 
Uh, they're struggling a little bit. They're learning uh, Kevin Wilson's system. I think that uh, they got a good coach. It's just going to take a little time to, for them to rebound a little bit. Oklahoma just needs to go in and really take care of business. They just need to really just have a, a business-like attitude. This is a chance for uh, Venables to get the younger players to learn what it's like to play on the road, albeit it's not really going to be enemy territory. I really think there's going to be a lot of crimson and cream in the stands. <laughs> you know, you're just going 90 minutes up the road, and it's going to be a, a, a friendly environment. It's going to be nothing like a week from Saturday when they go to Cincinnati and see they're going to see a lot of uh, a rabid fan base. But this will be a good a good test for the Sooners in terms of just their mental uh, focus going into the road and, and uh, facing a road environment. Right. I mean, you just never know when if you don't show up, another team is going to show up and, and give you some trouble. And I don't think that Tulsa is completely incapable of giving OU some issues. Obviously, Kevin Wilson having – uh, run all those uh, practices against a Brent Venables defense. He he knows how to attack it, and I'm sure he'll have a good game plan. Uh, the, I think the question is just OU's going to be significantly more talented than Tulsa, just even on paper. And it's like you said, do they just apply that and, and focus and, and play to the best of their ability? And again, as you've already talked about, I, I really think they need to. I think they need to you know, make a, a statement with this game and win sizably to uh, kind of reset uh, expectations for Big 12 play and and uh, see some more things, see some more things about what they're going to be capable of in Big 12 play after probably a tougher game than they might have expected against SMU. You know what the incredible thing is, Mason, after this game, we'll be a third of the regular season. It will be over. After game three, we'll be a third of the way done. And then we'll begin ready for the last Big 12 season for the Sooners, which is also incredible, uh, the last run through the Big 12. So, uh, Mason, I appreciate your time today. Of course, we appreciate everyone listening. We'll have a lot of coverage, uh, TulsaWorld.com, OU Sports Extra. Uh, just continue to listen to our podcast. We're going to do more frequent podcasts on all your platforms, Google, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast, uh, we'll be hitting it up. We're going to try to do post-game podcast, continue to do that. Appreciate all your listening uh, and reading. It means a lot to us. Uh, for Mason, I'm Eric. Thanks for listening.